Let's start with prayer. Can we uh, posture ourselves this morning? In whatever way that is for you, if that's holding out your hands, like you're receiving something, or if that's raising your hands up, saying, Jesus, I need you. God, I need you this morning. I need you to intervene in the busyness of my life. Father, I need you a hundred times more than I need water. And I'm sorry that I forget that. God, would you awaken our hearts this morning to hear what you're saying? Lord, and to receive what you're doing. God, we receive your grace and we come boldly into your throne room just to worship you and sit with you. And just to give you everything that we have. We hold nothing back from you this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
Bless the Lord who forgives our sins. His mercy endures forever. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Jesus said the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And as we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty and merciful Lord, grant you absolution, remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
Thank you. 
Because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Bring the children up. And anyone involved in Sunday school, besides participants, <laughs> is there anyone else? Michelle and any other uh, helpers? Come on up. Come, Come on, on up. girls. Come on. We'd love to have you guys. Come on up, guys. It's a lot of work being a, a Sunday school teacher. It's a lot of fun work. That's right. But still, you know, it's you got to work hard and pray for these guys. And... Uh, you guys like your teachers? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. You got to say yes, right? Well, we're going we're gonna to light the Advent wreath. And uh, one person who's not here is uh, Marie Madison. So keep her in mind as well as we're, as we're uh, lighting the Advent wreath this morning. Come and save us, O Lord God of hosts. Come and save us, O Lord God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Save us, O Lord God of hosts. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray for these children, Lord, that you invested them in such a, a powerful way that they'll go further than even we did, Lord, into building your kingdom, into the mighty kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. This morning's first lesson comes from Zephaniah, chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, 
O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God, in your midst, the Mighty One, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I will gather those who sorrow over the appointed assembly, who are among you, to whom its reproach is a burden. Behold, at that time, I will deal with all who afflict you. I will save the lame and gather those who were driven out. I will appoint them for praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. At that time, I will bring you back, even at the time I gather you. For I will give you fame and praise among all the peoples of the earth. When I return your captives before your eyes, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 85. Please respond by the half verse. Lord, you have been favorable to your land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people. You have covered all their sins. You have taken away all your wrath. You have turned from the fierceness of your anger. Restore us, O God of our salvation. Cause your anger toward us to cease. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again? As your people may rejoice in you. Show us your mercy, Lord. And grant us your salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let him not turn back to follow. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth. And righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good. Our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him. He shall make his footsteps our pathway. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now and will be forever. Our second reading is from Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 commencing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. 
Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Luke chapter 3 beginning at verse 7. Then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? He answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Then tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. Likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, And what shall we do? So he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely, and be content with your wages. Now, as the people were in expectation and all reason in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And with many other exhortations, he preached to the people. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. You may be seated. So I enjoy the lessons. It got me a whole other section to add to my sermon. So I grab my pen and I go, yeah, no time. So anyway, I am very excited to be here this morning. Um, this, uh, last night I was babysitting uh, the little ones for Jesse and Haley. They wanted to do some shopping. And so I went over there and I just started writing. Uh, the Lord kind of inspired me. I got about five or six pages in, so I hope you guys don't mind. We may be here for a while. 
I obviously tease a little bit. Um, In today's gospel lesson, we read about St. John the Baptist, uh, an interesting character. Uh, In Mark, it tells us that he was in the wilderness wearing camel hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. That's pretty unusual, even for that time. (laughs) Um, And it says that he was in there, and, and it was an interesting time. He listed off all the people who were in charge, the Roman rules, the religious leaders, everything else. And he says, and the word of the Lord came to John in the wilderness. And that word of the Lord was a powerful word. And we heard about it a little bit last, uh, last week. Um, but the, the, the thing that, he, that was different, and, I, and I'll talk about that just a little bit. His message was, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he came preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Now, baptism, when you hear about this, you think, well, maybe this is the first time there's ever been a baptism, right? But the Jewish culture had, their, their religion had a baptism before. It was called the mikvah. There's my attempt at speaking Hebrew. The, uh, the mikvah, and it was a bath that was special for purification. It was a ritual purification thing. It was for those who went into the temple, uh, a bride and a groom, before they went to the wedding, they, had, they went into this, this mikvah, this bath. Uh, there was... Um, for the women, after they have a childbirth or after their cycle, they would go. There was a chance to become ritually clean and pure before they could go back into the temple. And these were rules that the Lord set up along, you know, back when He first established the, the whole Jewish faith. Um, but the, the thing about the mikvah that was interesting, it was uh, the most revered use of it was for Jewish converts to bring them into the Jewish faith. Those who weren't born into it, but they wanted to, to become a part of God's chosen people. And so there was this mikvah, this bat, baptism. And so when John started talking about this, it was like they had heard about a baptism, but it was interesting the way he used it. Uh, at the time, it was, uh, they were under Roman rule. And you have to kind of understand, and, and I've, I've talked about this before, <clears throat> the reason they were under Roman rule is because they had fallen into sin as a nation. And God usually, throughout his history in the Old Testament, you hear this, whenever they would stop following the Lord and stop following the laws that he would prescribe. They would start to worship false gods and all the other things that they would do that God would, uh, uh, they would go into captivity. Some other nation would come in and they would capture them and take them into captivity. And this went back and forth. And the people would repent. They would start doing the right things. They would stop worshiping the false gods and God would deliver them out of this whatever oppressive rule or whoever had them at the time. Uh, well, that's the situation they're in at the time. And the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders, they knew this was kind of what was going on, and they played on that to order to figure out how can we make the people repent and more righteous and more holy. And so what they did is they introduced all this legalism, all this extra stuff, trying to figure out how to answer every question. And they really missed the boat. And that's why John the Baptist and Jesus were so hard on them, you know, the, the, Jesus especially against the religious leaders, you know, you, you uh, whitewashed tombs. You know, what, he was so hard on them because they were leading the people astray. They had formed this whole religion that was different than what God had established. And so John the Baptist comes back, and he's in the midst of that situation. And that's when he begins to get the word of the Lord, and he preaches something different, an alternate. Instead of more legalism, what he said, what says was, he says, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Now, baptism, it's a washing away of dirt, right? That's the, when you take a bath, you wash away. Well, so it's, it's, you understand the picture there, but the remission of sins is to be free from sin. 
It's to set them free from sin. And so in their mind, they're thinking free from sin, free from Roman rule. This is perfect. This is a great, they were ripe for that message. It was the right time. And when Jesus was preaching this, when John the Baptist was preaching this message, he had a lot of people that were really, it really struck a chord. And we know that there were multitudes that would go out to wherever he was in the wilderness and listen to what he said. It had tremendous impact. And the message that he kept saying was to repent, to repent, to turn away from the direction you're going. If you're going this way, repent and go that direction. Turn around, go the other way. Repent from your dead works. Repent from your sinful actions, from your attitudes. Repent from worshiping false gods. And it really struck a chord so that all these people showed up. (laughs) Repent is a big word that we don't want to miss. It was the first word that John the Baptist preached in his message. It was the first word that Jesus preached when he started his ministry. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It was the first word when he sent the disciples out. That's the word they brought. Repent. It's the first word. It's the beginning. You can't get there until you start with repentance. We see that over and over again. Whenever Jesus, uh, you know, at the very end, he gave his instructions to send the disciples out. This is what's going to happen. Whenever they... um, had the very first Christian sermon, if you will, uh, the day of Pentecost. Um, Peter stands up, and he just lays it all out. This Jesus, whom you crucified, was the Son of God and has been resurrected. And the people were cut to the heart. They're like, oh, my gosh, what have we done? What do we do? What do we do? Repent, the first word, and be baptized. Repent, turn around from your wicked ways. St. Paul's ministry even says the exact same thing. He says um, in Acts 26, 19, he goes, the first word was to repent and turn back from the way you're doing. So it's very interesting, right? Today's reading, though, John the Baptist takes it a step further. He says, and I, and I want to be sure I read it. Now, he's, he's, he's fired up, right? John is fired up. He's a prophet. He is what they call the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. So he's the last of the Old Testament prophets, even though he's in the New Testament. That's that bridge, right? And he, just like the Jeremiah and the Ezekiel and all those guys, he was fired up. And he goes, because <laughs> all these people are coming out, including the religious leaders. They're all coming out there. And he goes, brood of vipers? Where do you get that language? We don't hear that today, right? Brood of vipers. It's, it's pretty powerful, right? Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And then he says this, and this is important. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not begin to say to yourself, we have Abraham for our father. Now, this is interesting, right? Just because you're a Jew doesn't mean you're going to make it. Well, how does that apply to today? Just because you're an American doesn't mean you're going to make it. Just because you're a Republican or conservative or whatever label you want to put on it. Just because you come to church on Sunday morning doesn't mean you're going to make it. Just because you put a Christian bumper sticker that says Jesus loves you on your car. Just because you send your kids to private Christian school at great cost. Sorry, parenthetical statement. Just because you do that doesn't mean you're going to make it. Just because your kids are brought up in this church and go to Christian school, that's not enough. The name is not enough. Sorry, but the name of Harris is not enough. 
Powell, your kids just can't rely on your name. Father Jim, your house, you got a large clan. Just because you're a house doesn't mean you're going to make it. Jesus says this very clear. And he says it in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. And he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father. But Lord, we prophesied in your name. Lord, we cast out demons in your name. We did great wonders in your name. Jesus says, depart from me, for I never knew you. We had a family discussion with my kids talking about this. And as I was meditating on what to say, I uh, got this, I think the Lord really gave me a, a, well, it's almost like a bumper sticker. (laughs) He gave me a phrase that had all this meaning, you know. And he said, Christianity light is a false religion. You can go to church. You can do all these things. It may keep you out of prison. It may make you, you know, have a nice family. But it's not enough. You've got to know the Lord. Just coming here is not enough. I don't care how faithful you are. You've got to know the Lord Jesus. There is no other name under heaven by which men can be saved. Not even House or Powell or Harris or Kessler. Only the name of Jesus. You've got to know that name. And you've got, you got to know him. John the Baptist was preaching the same message. That's exactly the message. It's the same thing. Don't play the game. It's not enough. There is no life in false religion. That's why, again, and I'll go out on a limb a little. The, the Mormons do a lot of things really good. There is no life outside of Jesus. And there's so many other examples I could give. People who do really good things. People who deserve honor. But when it comes to your relationship with the Lord Jesus, you've got to know him because there's no other name. Now, the other thing about that is that you're not going to be fulfilled just going halfway. There's a lot of Christian leaders today, even preachers and musicians and worship leaders and Christian, you know, that have turned away from the Lord. What's going on? I don't know. They have to answer between God and themselves. I don't know their heart. But for yourself, you need to, during this Advent season, you need to be serious and focus in on what God's trying to say to you. This is the season for that, to prepare the way for the Lord. Now, today is the third Sunday of Advent. We get to light the the rose-colored joy candle. And joy is such a good word. I like that word. You look up the definition, I would say under Webster, but I don't know if anybody knows, everybody knows what that is. Um, If you Google (laughs) joy, You'll know that it says it's a feeling of pleasure and of happiness and a feeling of delight, bliss, satisfaction, contentment. And that's okay. It's a surface definition. That's good. But I think that in today's readings, it's a lot more than that. In Galatians 5, chapter 5, St. Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, Goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those aren't feelings. Those are action words. You have to do something. God sends His grace to help you do this. He gives you the Holy Spirit, and He gives you grace, but you've got to cooperate. These are a lot of work. <laughs> it's it's uh, years of practice. Well, actually, years of growing up and being transformed into more and more like Christ. That's what our like. That's what our, our Christian walk. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's part of that walk. You're you're getting these fruits of the spirit to become more and more um, obvious to those around you. <laughs> Joy is one of those words in the Old Testament. And I, I'm sorry, guys, but when I was in college, we uh, our church there would take scriptures. And they would put them to music. Sing, oh, sing, oh, daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, oh, Israel. I have got that memorized. Because they put it to music. And it's kind of a Jewish, kind of a little fun little song. And so I sing that. I've got it in my, when I read this earlier this week, I had not been able to stop singing it in my head mostly. So I don't want to embarrass people. But it was just it's such a powerful, it's a command. Sing, shout, rejoice. Oh, house of St. Michael. Rejoice in the Lord. Be glad because the Lord is with you. Guys, it can't get any better than that. No matter the situation, no matter what's going on around you, God is with you. In the midst of your grief, in the midst of difficult times, struggling times, God is with you. And you need to rejoice. In Zephaniah, it says this whole sing, oh, sing. This is straight from the scriptures, right? Another song that we sang. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. Now, you see why I'm not in choir? Because I'm not great leading this. But it's a song that I can't stop singing. That's from Isaiah 61.10. As the bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and a bride adorneth herself with jewels. I don't know what kind of bridegroom wears ornaments, but apparently they did. In the early years. And I thought that was a funny thing, but I love the song. I will greatly rejoice. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. My soul doesn't have a choice. My spirit is saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. That's so powerful. That's exactly what the New Testament was today. This is the part I wanted to add in. <laughs> Philippians 4, St. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Why does he repeat himself? Must be important. Must be important. And it must be hard. And I'm telling you, it is hard. Um, one of the most powerful examples of when the Lord really impressed this on me, uh, 1984, I was at the Naval Academy. And it was after my second year we were out on a, a, a midshipman cruise where you get on the little YP craft and uh, you get to drive it up and down the coast. It's great fun. I really enjoyed it. I almost went Navy because that cruise was just so much fun. You know, you're up there, you got the con. And we pull into Virginia uh, and we park, park the boats. We pull up to the harbor and we dock the boats and we go to the beach for a little barbecue, right? And... Uh, because it's a holiday, you know, so we're doing this. And they came to see me, 
from the beach, and they said, Midshipman Harris, we need you to come with us. And I'm thinking, well, this can't be good. They're going to pull you out and take you because you've got to call home. I'm thinking, is it one of my, bro- my brother, my sister, my mom? It can't be my dad. It's Father's Day. It's my dad. It was a car accident. And dad was this race car driver. You know, you don't think something like that's going to happen, but it did. And I was in shock, and I left. I went back to the boat, got all my stuff, got on a plane and flew home. You know, you cry a little, then you kind of pull yourself together, and you try to be strong for the family. And the second night, I went out, and dad had a little tool shed out back. And I went out there to kind of be away from people. And as had been my custom, I would sing a couple songs, read some scripture, and pray. I had a little journal I'd write in the journal. And so the first song I came to was this, as David did in Jehovah's sight, I will dance with all my might. Another one of those little Jewish songs. And so I did a little charismatic two-step, a little hop dance kind of a thing, because that's what I did with that song, right? And the Lord stopped me, and he goes, there. That is so important that you still worship me in the midst of what you're going through right now. And he told me, he says, I will be your father. I will be who you go to whenever you need something. And that just was, it meant so much to me at the time. No matter the circumstances, I'm going to sing and shout and rejoice in the Lord. Because he's with me. We often don't see it, don't feel it, can't tell it necessarily. But circumstances, it can be tough. That was tough. That was the guy that everybody looked to. But I rejoiced in the Lord, and he met me there. And he's continued that throughout my life. And I'm telling you, during this Advent season, there's going to be difficult things that are going to happen. It may not turn out as well as you want. You may not get the present that you want. Whatever it is, you know, I know we, we are sad. I was, I was sad to have heard that uh, Bishop Gene Lilly, one of our great friends, has passed away this last week. And that's just kind of grief, mourning. He's such a great guy. I loved I loved being around Bishop Gene. <laughs> he had some crazy stories. Been healed so many times. You know, I'm sure that Bishop Kester can tell us some phenomenal stories of the great things that he's done, living in the Philippines and all this stuff. But he's passed, and it's great for him. And I know that he's going to be praying for us now, that he's in a better place. But we're going to miss him. And there's, that, there's difficult things you've got to go through. But just remember, don't let it get you down. God is with you. God will. The thing is, he's not just with you. He loves you. Father Joseph used to say, God is in your corner and he's looking out for you. <laughs> I was thinking, that's the funniest thing. What did he, he's, I guess he thinks we're out boxing right now. But God's in your corner. It's okay. He's looking out for you. What a great encouragement that we need to hear. And so my word to you is, don't play the game. Listen to what the Lord says. Prepare your heart. Cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know you in a very real way. And then work out the fruits of the Spirit. Learn to love, to be kind, to be gentle, self-control. Learn to rejoice. If you want to dance, that's okay. We don't do that a lot because we don't do too many Jewish songs here, but maybe next time I'll teach some. No, probably not. 
But I'm telling you, I'm glad this is a great, great season, and I'm really looking forward to Christmas. It's coming. And the thing about Christmas is God with us, and we get to tell the world. Amen? Amen. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man, was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead in the life of the world to come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, since the Lord wants us to make our requests known to him, let us bring our knees before the Lord God of all. That the church, following the example of John the Baptist, will continue to preach the gospel boldly, regardless of the consequences. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. That the church will be a household of prayer for all nations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer that nations will strive for peace with one another and administer justice to all their citizens, especially the poor and the defenseless. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. that doctors and nurses and all healthcare professionals will have the compassion of Christ and use their talents to always foster life and never to destroy it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. that those who are enslaved to any debilitating addiction will find their freedom in the resurrected Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. that we will learn to rejoice always and in everything give thanks for this attitude, is, for this attitude is the will of God for his people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. that those who live in constant fear and anxiety will experience the love of God and his peace which surpasses all our, all our understanding. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer for our own special intentions. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, you sent John the Baptist to announce the coming of your Son. Hear our prayer and give us the grace to boldly declare to the lost and dying world, his imminent return. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Peace of the Lord be always with you.
and with your spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace. The Lord be with you. So today I wanted to quickly talk about a couple of things that have to do with Advent. Advent, we often think about turning inward and repenting and changing our own behavior. But there's also a move in Advent that we need to not forget, which is to turn outward and look at the face of our neighbor, the people that God came to save. And one of the, we've got two ways today that I'm going to ask for us to participate in looking around at the people who God has put us in this community, and he wants to save them. He wants to bring life and joy. He wants to bring that into their life. He wants to tell them that he is with them. So we have two ways today, and the first way is we have a giving opportunity. Uh, my Aunt Jill works in these houses. There's three houses that have uh, these people with dis- struggle with disabilities, and there's Three Amazon lists of things that they need, basic things for Christmas um, that they're looking for, maybe a puzzle or it might be uh, toilet paper, different things that they're asking for on these lists. So I'm going to email that out to you. So just keep an eye on your email. If you don't have an email with us, you can let me know and I'll get you on that list. And it's a great opportunity to give and to sow into those people um, that God has put in our path. She does great work with them. The second thing that we're going to do is we printed up these Christmas cards from the church. And uh, I was praying about, God, what would you have me do this Advent? And he said, well, when was the last time you invited anybody to come meet me? And I was like, I can't remember the last time that I actually went out and invited people to come be with him. And so me and my wife have been going on these walks. We went yesterday and we just go door to door and we've been handing out these cards and inviting people to come to our church. Now, I'm not challenging you all to do the same thing, but we do have those cards out back, and I would love it if each of you took three cards and handed them to people that you wanted to come be with us at our church. And that could be people who don't know Jesus. That could just be people who you want to be a part of this community that God's building here. And so I ask you just as we come to the last couple weeks of Advent that you just look outward and ask God what he's asking you to do for those around you. Amen? Amen. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. You guys are really rocking today, too. It's so good to worship this morning. You guys are really blessed. Your hands. Yeah, you got it.
welcome all baptized believers to receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord, and it's he who invites you. It's his will that those who want him should meet him right here. So you come today. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, our powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For when he humbled himself to come among us in human flesh, he fulfilled the plan you formed before the foundation of the world to open for us the way of salvation. Confident that your promise will be fulfilled, we now watch for the day when Christ, our Lord, will come again in glory. And so with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory, and we join in their unending hymn of praise. the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he's given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup again. He gave thanks and praise. He gave it to them, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whatever you do, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. died. Christ, Christ is risen. And Christ, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. 
May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, and all of our clergy. We especially remember the passing of our dear friend and fellow bishop, Gene Millie. Remember for those who we now pray, we hold up this day Connie and Susan and Carl and Serena and Naomi and Sonia and Sandra, Tammy and Maria, Denise and Mike, the McManus family and Matthew and the Marines and Sailors, Camp Pendleton and all of our armed services. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. And as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints who've gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and we have courage to pray. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are they who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Body of Christ.
family, friends, so many of us knew him, such an outrageous, remarkable man. <laughs> he was a one-off. Pray for me, Gene. died about ten times since I knew him. <laughs> the Lord kept uh, bringing him back. He had back surgery about eight years ago, and he died three times on the table. And one time was for <laughs> several minutes. They left the room. <laughs> but the Lord's got him this time. And we're thankful but pray for us, Gene. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. You have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of the body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage the love and serving, the gladness and singleness of heart, Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. And God rebuke me, humbly pray. And do thou, a prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander the world seeking the ruin of our souls. Remember the gospel, God was in Christ Jesus reconciling, reconciling the world to himself and not counting men's sins against him. And he loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you. Remain with you always. Amen. <laughs> Join with
Let's go into the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. It's right. 